that's a mindset that prevents people from prospecting. It's like, well, I'm bothering the person. I never think that because I'm reaching out with something that I feel is going to add value to them. So if you're listening to me right now and you have something of value, then you want to go out there and you want to shout from the rooftops. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hi there, listeners of the Selling with Love podcast. This is your host, Jason Mark Campbell. I'm running a little competition as we're trying to get more people to discover this podcast and the work that inspires those to sell with love more. And the best way to do this is to leave reviews, both on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. And for those of you who leave a review when listening to this episode, I would ask you to take a screenshot of your review and send it to me at jason at jasonmarkcampbell.com. And in doing so, I'm going to give you a set of meditations that you can use to get into the state of selling with love, whether it's connecting with your buyer, affirmations before making calls, or any kind of outreach. These will empower you to be feeling powerful and to be able to do it from a place of love. It is a reward for supporting the show, being a loyal listener, and of course, being able to give more to my amazing audience. Thank you for always showing up, listening, and being inspired by the amazing guests that I get to interview and I get to share their message with you. So again, just leave a review. Take a screenshot of the review. This can be done on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts and email it directly to me, jason at jasonmarkcampbell.com. Thank you, and now let's get started with our episode. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to the Selling with Love podcast. I have a sales training expert with me today, and we're going to talk about an aspect of sales that most people have resistance with, yet is one of the most powerful ways to make sure you never go hungry and you can always grow your business because you have a constant flow of leads coming in. We're talking here, of course, about prospecting, and a lot of us assume that if we just do a bit of marketing, if we just do a bit of social media, the people will come knocking at our door. Yet we're going to go and reveal what are some of the missing steps, extra actions, and changes in mindsets that we need to have so we can be very confident and excited about the aspect of going out there and prospecting. Now, the guest himself is Eric Loftholm, who is the president and CEO of Eric Loftholm International. He has been a sales trainer for over 14 years, has done over 1,500 public and private presentations, worked with companies such as Microsoft, Bank of New York, Lexus, World Financial Group, and the list goes on and on. The man has published several books, including How to Sell in the New Economy, How to Master the Science of Goal Setting, and 21 Ways to Close More Sales. And I love the fact that he first started off as being someone that necessarily did not label himself as a successful sales leader, and then learned the skills, did the work, and now is one of the best in the world. And he's here with us today. Eric, thank you so much for being here. Jason, I'm excited to be here, and I love the title of your podcast. I think that's awesome, and I very much am connected to loving on my clients, so I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm going to jump the gun here. This is a question I usually hold for last, but since you highlight it, is I often love to ask my guest, what does selling with love mean to them? So I'd love to ask you the question to kick it off. Well, it's caring about the client. You know, it's putting the client's needs in front of my own commission and just really listening to where they're at and what their needs are and 
you know, that would be my short answer is it's selling by serving and listening. Mm, I love that. You know, it's funny. I get the luxury of speaking to experts in fields of sales, such as yourself, and it consistently comes across that everyone that's a master salesperson or a master trainer in sales, we talk about listening. It's such an important key skill to be an effective salesperson. Yet the assumption is that most salespeople aren't good listeners and most interactions that people have with salespeople would not say, well, that was such a great listener. Why do you think that is? Well, if you go into the presentation with a predetermined place to ask probing questions, you have the intention to listen. There's so much that you can find out. And I met a homeless man the other day and we got to talking and he told me he had not had a shower in seven days. And my heart really felt for him. And I went and got him a hotel, paid a hundred bucks to the hotel with, you know, using my own credit card. He didn't have the money because he needed a shower. I couldn't imagine what, I've never gone seven days without a shower. And that was revealed out of listening. So people will tell you how to sell them. They'll tell you what they want to buy. And when we really listen, because so many people are not very good at it, you really differentiate yourself from others. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, call it uh, good already being a generous term. There's a lot of below good salespeople in the marketplace. And it's not common that you interact with the great salespeople. But what I'm hoping to do is inspire so many people listening here to learn the ways of the best, which is why we're going to get right into it. So we're talking about prospecting. And I know early in the conversation, just before we hit record, we were talking about how the world really emphasizes a lot of social media marketing and marketing in general, thinking that this is going to be what drives the traffic and this is what's going to take care of the business. And I wanted to ask your opinion here about what do you think is the missing link between just doing the marketing and not getting the results? Well, when I started my company back in 1999, I didn't have a database. Nobody knew who I was. And so what I did was prospecting outreach. And it worked. And I built an international training company from scratch. And what's awesome about it, it's a zero-cost strategy. And you could turn your cell phone into an ATM machine and most people have a thousand or more leads right on their cell phone. When you look at your email history, your text history, your contacts, your social media contacts, your social media messenger history, there's really tremendous amount of leads right on your smartphone. And we can prospect anybody in the world. The sky's the limit. And so prospecting outreach is just such an amazing thing. And a lot of people that start their business they think, well, I'm going to come up with this great idea and the people are just going to flock to me. Most of my business that I've got in my career, I've gone out and got it. It didn't fall into my lap. So for those that have that awesome marketing in place, that's awesome. But if you don't, do what I do and just go out and get the business. I was going to say, prospecting seems like one of those low-hanging fruits, something we can immediately put into action, yet is one of those activities that seems to come up with the most amount of resistance. Like, People don't like it, they resist it, and they often might not even see the value in it. Why do you think that is? And what is that mental shift we have to overcome when it comes to prospecting? It's really psychological, and it comes down to fear. I remember in eighth grade asking this girl out to a dance, and she said yes, and I was so happy. And then a couple days later before the dance, one of her friends came up to me and said, you know, so-and-so doesn't want to go with you anymore. And it was like, ugh, it's like a shot to the heart, right? And it was so painful, I did not ask a girl out on a date all through high school because of the thought of that pain. So when we think about prospecting, it's the thought of rejection. 
And the reality is this, I teach the rhythm of prospecting is no, 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 yes. In other words, you reach out and say no, another person, and eventually we get the yes. So if you're afraid of rejection and you're clear, <laughs> if you get rejected all day long, a lot of people have to like psych themselves up to go and prospect to deal with that whole mindset. And so what I do, and I've been doing this for decades now, done thousands and thousands and thousands of cold calls and so forth, is I flip the script. And I came up with a new way of thinking about it that allows beginners who are afraid of prospecting, uncomfortable prospecting, to in a very short amount of time become comfortable in prospecting. And here's really what it comes down to. It comes down to what do we make it mean when we prospect? So I think here's what most people make it mean. It's win-lose. If I prospect and I don't get the appointment, I lose. If I prospect and I get the appointment, I win. And the problem with win-lose is the majority of the prospecting you do, it's going to be lose. So it's like all day long, lose, 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 win, lose, 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 lose. I don't look at it like that. My mindset is when I prospect, I win. And when I book the appointment, I double win. I win no matter what. So what's going on for me energetically is I'm just winning all day long. And I'm prospecting just like somebody else. But I've trained myself to be my number one cheerleader. Many people, their declaration is, I am my harshest critic. So I'm cheerleading. They're criticizing themselves. They're win-lose. I'm win-win. And so that shift, that's a multi-million dollar idea if somebody really takes to heart what it is that I just said. Oh, I understand how powerful it is. And you said something I want to kind of poke at here because... I remember when I first got into a proper sales role, like I was an inside sales agent, which meant I had a list of leads, had to call them, and at the beginning, terrified, right? Like I remember the first call, sweating, shaking, with a trembling voice, just having the other person after making my initial introduction, just saying thank you and hanging up, thinking that this was going to be the worst death of my life. Then obviously did a lot of calls and I had support, like the sales manager came in the moment that call happened, gave me that support. We were a couple of sales agents together. We could hype each other up and having that moral support to remind ourselves that every time you make the call, even if they don't answer, even if they say no, it's a win. Like that shift in mindset is huge, but it was also very valuable knowing that I had an ecosystem that was constantly supporting me, reminding me why I was doing it and keeping me motivated, which brings me to this ultimate question, which is what are things we can put in place to have that emotional support that we want, that energetic support? If you're particularly doing it alone, you're like on your own business, you're just getting started, what are some of the tools we could have so that we don't feel like we're alone and we're losing and we consistently remind ourselves that we are on a winning streak? Well, I'll give you two things that have worked for me. And the first one is when I launched, I was 28 years old, I'm 51 now, and I had a vision that I was going to become the Zig Ziglar of my generation. And I planted my flag with sales training and I said, this is what I'm going to do with my career. And I look at it like this. It's a tortoise and the hare. Slow and steady wins the race. So I'm 51. I still have a 20 plus year career in front of me. So I've always been a long-term thinker. I've always thought in decades since I've had my business. And so I'm building something compelling, exciting, amazing, awesome that I'm excited about. So that's my first tip. My second tip is as I got going through the years, I learned about morning routines. And so I created a four to 12 minute morning routine where 
I'm working on my declarations, which is kind of like affirmations, but the difference is an affirmation to me is just something you say. A declaration is something you live. So if I say I'm a master prospector and I'm affirming that, okay, if you're being it, it's a declaration. <laughs> if you're affirming it, it's an affirmation. So I've got a list of I am statements, my declarations. I have a list of my short-term goals. I have a list of things that remind me that I'm successful. And then I do some mirror work. And I just spend four to 12 minutes a day because what you put into your brain, we all know that that matters. So the question is, what are you doing intentionally to start off your day? And most people, they check their email, they check social media. And a lot of times, social media is negative. Email might be negative. You might got a cancellation of a key appointment. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, my state's down. So I'm pretty darn consistent starting off my day, putting myself in a great mindset, have a long-term vision, and I go out there and I get after it. I love that. So if I understand this correctly, is number one, just making sure that we have a long-term goal, that we're very clear on what we do, and that gives us the motivation to get up and do the work, knowing that we're going towards a pace that could be slow and steady, but that's the way to win the race. And remembering that that starts with the little actions that we do right now, which is going out there and doing the prospecting if that is what you said you were going to do. And also having these habits that actually support you because being in a sales position, I mean, it can be an emotional roller coaster. So you need to be having the foundation. So you have the right habits that are going to support you to go forward. I wanted to get into some of the nitty gritty, right? So if I'm listening to this, I'm like, I love what Eric said. Every time I go out and reach out, it is a win. I'm ready to go. I have a product or service. I have an offer. Maybe I, I'm a consultant. Maybe I'm a coach. Maybe I'm a small business and I want to reach more people. I'm ready to go prospecting. Am I just like messaging everybody saying, buy my stuff, buy my stuff? What would be some of the initial tips you would give for people that are going to start prospecting and want to reach out to people? Well, it starts with the sales model. So I've got my lead and I'm going to reach out. What's the initial messaging? And then what am I guiding them to? So I call this stage selling. Stage selling means sell to the next step. So let's say I'm looking for a coaching client. So I find somebody I think is a good fit. I'm going to start nurturing that relationship. And then at some point, I might offer them a free coaching session, or I might invite them to a free webinar. So let's say I offer a free coaching session. I had one of those today. So I did a free coaching session with somebody. And then at the end, I told them the pricing. And I said, listen, before you make a decision, how about we do another coaching session? And then after that coaching session, then we can decide if you want to work with me. So it was generate a lead, set an appointment, run the appointment, set appointment number two, run appointment number two, ask for the business. So I'd want anybody listening right now to be crystal clear on the lead and then all the way through at what point do you make the offer. And then when you're prospecting, you got to think like the person you're prospecting. If I want to influence somebody, I have to think like them. What is the value I can deliver to them? If I'm asking for an appointment, what's the value that they're going to get by agreeing to meet with me? And I like short benefit-driven messages with a clear call to action of an appointment. It might be a five-minute appointment, 10 minutes, could be 30 minutes, could be an hour. Once in a while, it'd be longer than an hour. So I'm very methodical in my approach. I'm very systematic, and I'm also a big believer in running numbers. And when I prospect, I prospect by any means necessary. So it might be a text. It could be a direct message over LinkedIn, Facebook. It could be an audio Facebook message. It could be an email. It could be a selfie video. I prospected Les Brown the other day, motivational superstar. I did a selfie video, and I happened to have a cell phone. So I texted him the video. So I like to be creative, personalized, benefit-driven messages with a clear call to action. 
If you're trying to stay focused on getting work done and eating throughout the day is something you think about, have to decide, and you're not sure what to do, and you just wish an option was available where the right meal with all of the specifications you want be available to you, easy to make, under two minutes, well, luckily for you, Factor is available where you have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie. And you can enjoy over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons to help you make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So what are you waiting for? You can get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking up for something fast that's upscale option done very easily. It's flexible on your schedule where you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. No prep necessary. They're 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup necessary. Head to factormeals.com slash sellingwithlove50 and use code sellingwithlove50 to get 50% off. That's code sellingwithlove50 at factormeals.com slash sellingwithlove50 and you'll get 50% off. Not bad. I, I love this and I want to kind of extract it for those listening. So I think the first thing here is just having a clear idea of what is kind of the flow that you want to bring the person all the way to the sales. So, all right, the first thing I need to win is the appointment. I think it's correcting my assumption that I said with a cheeky voice here, which is don't just message someone being like, buy my things. There's a process and stages, as you mentioned, that you need to get them through. So what are those clear stages, whether that's an online event, maybe it's to, I like this approach of being able to get on a conversation with them initially, because any coaching call is a sales call. And I think a lot of people forget that they'll be great coaches. But then when it comes to selling, there's a lot of resistance, yet you're doing the same thing. You're guiding people towards a change, right? So here, I love Eric. I had not thought about this, but I think that is a very simple, powerful straight line here, which is you get a first appointment and then you don't ask a sale right now. You book the second appointment. With one caveat, if the model is a one call close, like if you're selling cars, you're not going to tell them, hey, leave and come back later, right? So you got to look at your industry and with this particular woman, when I was on the initial call with her, she goes, I had a really bad experience with coaching before. And so I was like, wow, okay. So she really is going to need to feel comfortable. So I'm better off strategically booking another call with her. But before I booked the next call, I told her, I said, listen, let me tell you my pricing because I'm not cheap. So here's the pricing. Having said that, give it some thought. If you want to book an appointment, then we'll do it. She goes, no, no I want to book the appointment. But I was very much relationship building because she said that she had a bad experience. I wanted to respect that because I was listening that she had had that bad experience. And I want to coach with her for a year or longer. So it's coaching's like a really special kind of a relationship, right? So we wanted to think, what is the model in our industry? And if it is a one-call close, in other words, ask for the order at the end of the first point, make sure you do that. If you can do a one-call, two-call close, which is what we're talking about, you know, that could be good as well. You have a lot of experience in sales that makes you be able to pick up on these nuances, right? But if I'm getting started, I don't have the instinct that you have here. Would you just tell people, go and get the appointment, get practice? And it's almost like when you get a lead, when you get started, you're like, oh my God, I don't want to mess it up. I call this one-itis on leads. It's like you have the one lead, you need to close them and there's no one else. So it creates a lot of pressure. What's this kind of minimum work, minimum prospecting to get you into a mindset to realize like, hey, I can help this person, but there's a lot of other people I can help and I shouldn't get stuck up on the one lead. Good point. Because I do have these nuances because I've done thousands and thousands and thousands of presentations. I've done this for decades. 
that's the power of a system, right? You're going to get your system clear. And anybody can do that, even if you're brand new. You get really clear on the system, and then you're just going to execute on the plan. Now, if your intuition, like mine in my presentation today, got to be in another direction, and granted, I've got a lot, a lot of experience. But if I'm brand new, I'm just going to follow the system, and the system is going to produce results. And even when I was a beginning salesperson, my first year, I struggled. My second year, I had a system. And my second year, I crushed it. So you can absolutely excel early in your career without having all the nuances. But the more presentations you deliver, the more effective you're going to become. I love it. And so we want to make sure people are action biased here. And I love that we're going to have at least a clear system booking the first appointments when you reach out to people coming up with clear offer of value. So people when you prospect to them, you're going with a give mentality. That's the key thing. Now, I know this will vary per industry, but I'd love to get your thoughts on this because I've seen some people say when you go prospecting, everyone can be a buyer. So go out there and reach out to everyone versus being so clear on your niche that you just go and find very select people that match exactly the type of people you want to work with. What's your thoughts on that when you're trying to make that decision on should you be going very wide or very specific? Yeah, I think it's definitely going to depend on the industry. It's going to depend on your goals. There may be certain deals that are just too small to pursue, or you're just getting started and you're like, hey, any deal's a good deal because it's going to give me experience under my belt. There's a lot of factors in what you're describing. What I will say is the more clear you can define who is that right customer for you and then going out and finding that customer. And one of my favorite prospecting strategies is to find somebody who has a database of these types of customers. Because then if I can go joint venture with them and they can refer me, like I'm doing business with a software company right now and I have my sales clients could be a good fit for their software and their clients can be a good fit for my sales training. And so investing time in that relationship is pure gold for both of us because I can get them leads that I tell my clients, hey, go buy the software. And then they can say, oh, you need sales training. You need to talk to Eric. That I think is going to be very lucrative. And a lot of people, because if we're looking for leads, other people are looking for leads too. So you say to them, hey, I'll refer you to my network or I'll email my list for you or I'll promote you, right? And then you do the same for me. And I do a lot of deals like that. And it's very, very lucrative. I love that. I also do the same. I try to bring my training into other people's training so that their clients get exposed to my message. And that's kind of my way of marketing, right? And, you know, just to tie in what we, I was talking about in the beginning is marketing and social media, they seem like less risk. They're easier to do. They feel like you've published something and you can see the results. It stays on your timeline. So I found a lot of people, particularly when they get started, they get excited about posting on social media and they'll do that regularly. But there seems to be a bridge that's missing, right? This whole idea that you're publishing on social media, but it's not driving sales. Maybe you're getting followers. That's cute. Maybe you're having people liking the message and the post. That's nice, but that's not money coming in. And so where do you see that relationship between doing the activities that help you grow on the marketing side, grow the amount of followers, et cetera, and really needing to bring people into conversations to make sales? Well, it's really about the strategy. So it's like, should I be on LinkedIn or not? Depends on the strategy. I mean, just being on LinkedIn to be on LinkedIn. I mean, I guess that's good because somebody might look you up on LinkedIn to see if you're there. But just posting without a strategy, right? It's like I have a Facebook group. Well, in the Facebook group, we go live in there quite a bit, and then I'll promote my webinars. So I get webinar exposure. The people in the Facebook group, they might click on it, opt in my email list, convert them to a sale. But the group itself, I don't 
have a monetization strategy, but it is a part of a larger strategy. So I would really challenge all of you to look at whatever it is that you're doing and look at what is the strategy. And one of my favorite things to do is to integrate them, right? Like what I was just talking about in a Facebook group, promoting a webinar so somebody clicks on it and then now they opt into your email list and they go on the webinar and you can make a sales offer. And so when you can get these things connected and if you go look up digital hub strategy, that's Steve Jobs' idea when he was alive that exploded Apple when he came back into Apple, digital hub strategy, that's an integration strategy. And I've modeled a lot of what I do in business after Steve Jobs' digital hub strategy. I was going to ask you one of these things as well. You actually wrote the book on how to sell in the new economy. Now, this book actually came out a few years ago. It was about 12 years ago. And I'd be curious to know, given that we have these platforms like LinkedIn, we can do a ton of things to connect with new people from around the world. We can prospect. It's fascinating to realize how close you are to everyone in the world with the platforms that exist today. And so I was going to ask from the time that you've actually first started talking about selling in the new economy to the economy that we see now, which is, you know, even post pandemic economy, are you seeing that sales and prospecting is something more difficult? Are there big changes that we should be adapting to? Is there a new reality that you think people should be much aware of as we step out there and try to connect with more people we can serve? Well, one thing I think is huge is the mindset. And there's a lot of people of my generation. So I'm 51. People 51 like me are older. A lot of people are like, I don't do technology. I'm not good with technology. I'm not good at the Facebook thing. And you don't have to be good at technology anymore. It's not like we're writing computer code. <laughs> if you can send an email nowadays, you can do technology, okay? It's just click. You know, it's nothing. It's simple. Anybody can do it. So the mindset of embracing it is really important. And the access is totally different than it was 20 years ago because 20 years ago, you couldn't send an audio direct message over Facebook to a CEO. And now you can. One time I wanted to get to NBA Hall of Famer Rick Barry. He's the guy that used to do the underhand free throws. He's one of the best NBA players of all time. And my son at the time was really into basketball. And I wanted Rick Barry to coach my son in basketball. So I sent him a message over Facebook Messenger. We weren't even friends. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way Rick Barry's going to respond. He never heard of me, something in the sales training world, but I'm, I don't mean anything to him in the sports world. I sent him a direct message over Facebook. He responded back. My son and I flew to Colorado. We spent three hours with Rick Barry for free. And he was teaching my son all about basketball. Without social media, that never would have happened. So you can get to anybody and... A lot of these folks, they're checking their own messages. Not everybody, but a lot of them are. And just the number of messages we can send between texting. If you think about cold calling, you can only call so many people. I can send 20 messages if it's copy-paste and text in a matter of three minutes. And then we have automation tools. So there's so much available as far as prospecting. But it really is about the message. What is the message, right? And what do I want to guide them to? And then what, and then what, and then what in order to make my goals and dreams happen? I love it. And yeah, I remember when I was getting started in marketing and sales, there was a lot of tools that were coming out with amazing promises of efficiency, of automation, but it was clunky. It was really like patchy. Things didn't talk to each other. And you kind of needed to have that high tech mindset and be on the cutting edge of the technology to be able to use it in a hack way which, you know, that was in my early 20s. Like if I'm looking 10 years ago, my early 20s, I was trying to stay on top of that technology and I thought I was doing a pretty good job. 
but I always had a dream of what it would look like if everything was seamless, connected, you'd actually have the full picture and it wasn't broken or hacked. And there was no technology at the time that really did it, although they were all striving towards it. And like you said, from a mindset perspective, now I'm in my 30s and it's interesting, I'm having the first bouts of realizing like, hey, I'm not staying on top of the new technologies. There's a lot that's happening that is faster than what I'm keeping up with, but there's a difference. Like you said, they're so easy to use now. The user interfaces have evolved. The automation, the integrations are so much more seamless that we can just click around a couple of beeps and now, wow, you have full picture automation and tons of tools. So I think prospecting is an exciting thing. I love these social media platforms that have evolved into a way that we can reach people we never thought possible. And I'm so glad you were able to connect and have that free basketball lesson. But that's a testament to what it's like. I think people imagine that if we're going prospecting, we're bothering a bunch of people and they want to hear nothing about it. But you speak about making sure that message is clear and we're presenting some value. Well, let me speak about bothering for a second because you make a great point. What can we do to make sure that when we do, we're not bothering people? That's a mindset that prevents people from prospecting. It's like, well, I'm bothering the person. I never think that because I'm reaching out with something that I feel is going to add value to them. Now, if I'm reaching out with something that's just all about me and it's not about them, I get that. That's bothering them. But if I'm reaching out to somebody, like I'm a sales trainer, so I'm going to contact a company to help them drive revenue. That's not bothering the VP of sales. I want to talk to you about driving revenue. <laughs> that's an important conversation. He can always say, no, I'm not interested. That's no problem. But the mindset is not I'm bothering. The mindset is I have something of value. So if you're listening to me right now and you have something of value, then you want to go out there and you want to shout from the rooftops. So one of my declarations is I am a promoter. It's not an affirmation because I live it. I am a promoter. I shout from the rooftops because who's going to shout from the rooftops about my business if I don't do it, right? We got to go out there and get the word out. And that's one of my superpowers, but it's duplicatable. You can model it. Anybody could go shout from the rooftops if they were truly committed. So we're not bothering. I have something of value. This is going to help somebody. They could say no. I win no matter what. And let's rock and roll. Like these concepts they really can take your business to the next level, you know? And if you like the podcast today, go listen to it a couple of times to put what I'm teaching you into the subconscious mind so you can benefit from all my years of experience because this stuff really works. Eric, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing these ideas. I think for everybody listening, if you paid close attention, one of the biggest takeaways for me is just understanding that when you go prospecting, the only cost is your time. You don't have to pay ads. There's no sophisticated technology. You can just go out there. You have existing lists of contacts within your phone, within your circles. But beyond that, social media platforms makes it so you can connect to so many people that you aren't directly connected to. And if you have a message that starts with value and you've set up a process, stages, where you actually are looking to book an appointment and you're trying to serve them, you have something of value you want to bring to them, Every single time you send that message, make that call, do any activity that allows you to connect with another individual that you might be able to help, it's a win. If the appointments get scheduled, it's a win-win, as Eric was mentioning, as you're working people towards a system. And I love the honesty that Eric shared that on the first year, yeah, maybe the system isn't there, but you keep working on it. And since you've listened to this, maybe you'll realize how important it is to put the system in place. As he evolved, he talked about how his system actually is what allowed him to scale, grow, and really make the impact that he wanted. You can do the same. You're here listening to this, understanding that prospecting is a powerful activity. It's something you can do immediately. And we're going to put a link to additional resources 
resources and sales training that Eric has so you can go deeper into the topic so you can make sure that when you show up, you're not bothering people. Change that mindset. You're here to serve and when you prospect, you can change the dynamics within your business and realize more sales can come your way when more people know that you're here to serve. Eric, once again, thank you so much for sharing all this wisdom and for everybody listening, keep selling with love. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 